The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, an anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Got Games in Dell City, Green Bambino, Paseo Plunge, and My Chic Geek in Oklahoma City, and Waving Wheat Bakery and Bistro in Norman, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 252 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. The downtown Oklahoma City Sheridan Hotel is hosting the 2022 Anthro Expo. The special event is a furry and multi-fandom convention taking place January 21st through the 23rd. Joining us to talk about Anthro Expo are organizers Brett Martin, Emily Hobing, and Devin Austin. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We're happy to be here. So tell us about Anthro Expo. Sure. So Anthro Expo, as you said, is a furry and multi-fandom convention that uh, has been kind of a brainchild and it's been a a passion project of mine for many, many years. Um, We're really excited to be bringing our second physical convention to the Oklahoma City Metro Uh, It's been a challenging couple of years. Our first convention was in 2020 in January, right before the beginning of the pandemic. So there's a, there's a lot of uh, challenges that waited us with that. And then of course, uh, just moving into it now, it's, it's great. And we have to take a lot of precautions going into this year, obviously, but we're very excited for the opportunity to host in Oklahoma city again. And, um, yeah, I, I wanted to kind of let Emily talk a little bit about what furry is as well. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because it's it's a known unknown. You know, furry yeah. is really out there today more than it's ever been. And that's really exciting. Um, but we do get to explain it a lot. So the furry fandom is, it's a communal celebration of everything anthropomorphic. And what that means is um, anthropomorphic is when you give human-like qualities to something that's not human human Uh, in this case it's animals so everybody's seen cartoons with talking animals in them we all grew up with tony the tiger Uh, we all watch looney tunes it is everything um stemming from that you know which in in the in the whole scope of the human imagination you know we've been doing that for as long as time can tell Um, so it's really a community built up of artists storytellers uh craftspeople um there's so much like diverse talent in the fandom and what our convention does is we strive to be kind of a hub to and com- to take all of that talent and give it a real platform and a real place where people can come and share those talents. Um, yeah. Yeah. And a lot goes into making the, the, the cosplay as it were for uh, these anthropomorphic figures. Oh yeah, a lot of work. There is a huge, um, like there's a huge economy behind the furry fandom too. Some, a lot of people make their living um, exclusively in the furry fandom and through furry conventions and other uh, community events. But yeah, a whole a whole ton of work goes into it. Um, it's really close to the cosplay community, I would say. Just a different kind of spin, you know, just a different kind of costume. There, there are. 
uh, really unique kind of like caveats that come with like uh, we call them fursuits is when you make um, a costume of your own like anthropomorphic character and uh, yeah you're wish right I brought mine now <laughs> <laughs> I can is, is it is a variety of, of how much you can go into how much detail you can go into when it comes to making these these outfits Oh yeah. Um, and there are a lot of different, like, um, like known stylistic kind of like, uh, like different stylistic suit making. Um, like there are, um, I know I'm trying to blink. There are like regular tunie fursuits. Um, there, are, uh, kimono style fursuits, um, the kind of like styles of, of fursuiting, they vary by geography, but obviously in a digital age, we all kind of like take and pick influences artistically. Um, that's me f- speaking as a fursuit maker. Not everybody is a fursuit maker, but I get to nerd out about that stuff if you're asking about it. <laughs> <laughs> can people buy things like the fursuits at, the, at this expo? Absolutely, you can. So it's, it's kind of, uh, what is it? It's just a not a stereotype, but not everybody has a fursuit. Um, right. Actually, very few, a small percentage of furries actually do own a fursuit. It's not a requirement for being in the fandom. But yeah, if, if you had uh, the funds for it and you wanted to come to the convention and buy your own fursuit, you could um, probably find one that was pre-made or you could commission an artist to make an, a completely custom work for you. Wow. Wow. Let's, let's, let's go around the table. I just want to talk to each of you about how you got into the furry community. Devin, haven't had a chance to speak yet. Let's, let's talk with you. How did you get into this? So I actually got into the fandom during high school as one of the, as one of the many things that, you know, high schoolers are interested in. Um, you know, I grew up reading like Aragon, uh, Warriors, you know, so giving, giving human-like traits to, to animals and, and other creatures was a very known idea to me. And getting to discover this community that that was their entire focus really blew my mind then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then moving, you know, moving into my adult life where I had some events management experience elsewhere, realizing that these people, like there were enough of us to have conventions, you know, there, there were enough of, for thousands of us to get together at a time and uh and share our ideas and share share our creativity with each other was really really an enlightening experience as a young you know as a young adult brett what about you how did you get into this yeah so i'm 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 gonna wind up aging myself a little bit but <laughs> um back in the uh probably the early 2000s was when i first started stepping into the furry fandom it was a much different place back then we had a uh, BBS bulletin board systems, and we had IR, IRQ, IRC. I can't even remember now, but we had a we had a lot of uh, a, just like forum type messaging, and I would go in there. A lot of my draw to it came from kind of like my early childhood, just liking Pokemon and Digimon and the humanoid aspects of those characters and whatnot, and uh, kind of stepping into it in more like a fantasy world where I could be something else and pretend and write and really express myself creatively. Um, I actually spent a lot of time uh, volunteering at uh, conventions and stuff after I had uh, entered high school. And my first convention was one that was here in Oklahoma called Oklacon. And I 
volunteered with them. I went, I'd like to say it was probably like 2008, uh, maybe 2007. Um, I did some uh, work in volunteering with them for a couple of years. And that's when I really started getting into the event aspect and that sort of role as in part of the furry fandom. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I, I kind of took a lot of inspiration from that. And uh, I, I felt like I wanted something more to grow from what we had here in the state. And we have a lot of conventions in the state now. We have like four, I believe, like two are outdoor conventions, one's up in Tulsa, and then you have ours. And just kind of seeing that growth and explosion of the fandom as it is now, it's just really inspiring to me to have something that I've held so close to my heart for so long. What about you, Emily? Um, yeah, so when I was a kid, I was one of those kids who was obsessed with animals. Um, I would draw animals and I would, I would consume all of these like animal media, like, uh, like warrior cats, like Devin mentioned. Um, and so for me, when I was a kid, um, I fell into the online community and I made a ton of friends that way. Um, and for me, it was just kind of a place where I could take refuge, you know, when you're young, the world is strangely divided into people who think that um, people who think that your interests are cool and people who think that they're weird and dorky. <laughs> and so, yeah, the fandom was just kind of a refuge for me at that time. Um, I sort of, I sort of left the like formal fandom, and um, I rediscovered it as an adult when I was in college. Actually, um, I was 20 when I realized how big the furry fandom actually was. And when I started learning about conventions and I remember over one summer, I just like, I just fell back into it. And I, I was like watching all these YouTube videos and I was watching um, fursuit makers online. Uh, and I was like, I want to do that. I want to do that so bad. And uh, I was going to, like I said, I was going to school at the time. Um, and I remember thinking, I would love for us to have one of these conventions like here in Oklahoma. Um, and lo and behold, that's how I met Brett and discovered that he was planning Anthro Expo. And the rest is kind of history from there. <laughs> now we're now we're really doing it. So so Brett, what can people expect from this uh, Anthro Expo on January 21st to the 23rd? Yeah, so we have a we have a pretty big packed schedule. I'm I'm very excited. So we do host a lot of panels and informational seminars. Um, I'm really excited to um, bring in our guests of honor this year. Um, one of them is a local fursuit maker. Um, she goes by SB Gothic. Um, they own La Black Rose, which is their uh, company that they run their suits from and whatnot. Um, Stephanie is incredibly talented. Um, she makes some wonderful fursuits. We're excited to really host some like natural, like, that that talent here in Oklahoma and our other guests of honor um, they go by Cheese and they are actually a microbiologist who worked on the Pfizer uh, vaccine and worked wow. with and um, she's a part of the fandom um, she's a pine martin <laughs> that that's her <laughs> character um, we're really excited to have her we've been listening a lot to her advice especially with with how the the pandemic has been and having someone who has that scientific background background is really helpful um, for our community um, we have a lot of dances we have a really great dj lineup set for friday and saturday nights so people can enjoy some great music some really 
talented people coming in to perform. And I think one thing I'm also excited about is just our charity partner in general. We are um, supporting CISU Youth Services, um, which in Oklahoma City, they are an LGBTQIA plus um, youth assistance shelter. And they provide a lot of really great opportunities for our youth that don't have the greatest um, setups in life. And we're really happy to be partnering with them. And we will be hosting a casino. Our, our theme for this year is Casino Royale, Casino Woe Royale. <laughs> and um, we're, we're going to be hosting a casino fundraising night where uh, we have a company coming in to set up some really cool casino roulette and craps and uh, we'll we'll be doing raffles that night. So you basically can donate to the charity, get some fun money to play on. And we're lo really looking forward to it. We think it'll be a great time. So we really hope people want to come out and join us and see what we're all about. This was actually, I guess, supposed to be the, the second year. Was the second year supposed to be last year? Is, did they get canceled because of the COVID uh, pandemic? Is that what, what happened? So our uh, second physical convention was scheduled for last year. Yeah. And because of what the health data looks like, then we went ahead and decided to postpone and for that year supplement with our online event, uh, Shipwrecked, uh, we, we thought it appropriate that everybody would be, you know, kind of shipwrecked together, <laughs> uh, alone and apart at the same time. So we did something very similar. We streamed uh, several panel events. We did events on uh, Minecraft, VR chat. And we, uh, at that point, we had raised uh, a pretty good sum for the Asian Mental Health Collective uh, was, our, was our partner for, for that event as well. Um, and it was really fun. We got to send people like their, their own little boarding passes into the, in the mail. Uh, so, so that was our, our kind of answer to, to what we had to, to do in order to remain in operation, mm -hmm. you know, safely for that year. So what are some of the, uh, things that you guys got going for this year to make it COVID safe? Yeah, so um, this year we're actually requiring uh, one of two things, either proof of full vaccination or proof of a negative COVID test administered within 72 hours. Um, we're also, we're, part, we're partnering with our hotel, obviously, um, to put up some measures that we think are pretty good. Um, social distancing, um, sanitation throughout the convention. We're gonna be moderate, uh, monitoring our traffic flow uh, through the weekend. We don't really know what to expect um, in terms of at the door, uh, you know, concessions, people coming in, um, but we're definitely keeping an eye on it. We have a pretty robust security staff this year, thankfully. So um, it's something that maybe Brett could speak more on as well, because sure. I know. Yeah. Um, we, we also, even though there are no mandates in place currently, we are going to be mandating mask wearing throughout the convention. Uh, we do highly recommend that if individuals are coming to the convention that, you know, be vaccinated, get your booster, just be safe if you're coming in because we understand, we know where we're at right now. Everyone's very well aware, um, but we're gonna do everything that we can to still have a great event and to bring entertainment to the folks who do wanna come out but we're going to do it in a way to keep everyone as safe as possible 
And I'm very confident in our COVID protocols and I'm, I'm very proud of our volunteer staff for stepping up um, to really kind of put it into place because it, it's difficult because a lot of people, you know, everyone will have their opinion on how things should be handled. But for the biggest part of it, I think that we'll be able to keep people as safe as possible for the event that we're running. Are you guys still looking for volunteers for the event? Yes. So um, <laughs> if you're interested in helping us at the convention, uh, you can register at the con and then uh, we will have a volunteer desk set up. And uh, if you're interested in helping at the convention, then you can speak with our volunteer coordinator. Um, she is one of our directors. Her, she goes by Scarlett or her name is Becca. And um, we'll be happy to put you on our list. So if we do have a space available that you we need someone to come and help us out with, then uh, yeah, we'll definitely do that. And we, we appreciate any help uh, people are willing to provide us for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Devin, what other kind of events can people expect to see at this uh, at, uh, for the weekend? So our panel submission lineup is pretty, pretty robust, actually. Uh, we have anywhere from a you know meet and greet specific for our guests of honor so each of them have their own panel so our attendees can kind of get more close to them in our community uh we have a pen trading panel uh pens are you know really important in our in our fandom uh it, even though they're just you know little little pieces of enamel where uh it's similar to you know i'd like to say the catholic community catholic youth and their you know hat trading mm -hmm. uh so you know we have that uh we have a support panel for people who are coming out as lgbt you know qia plus uh writing uh meet and greets let's see here i believe we even have a self-defense panel Ooh. uh these are all community generated so these are all attendees that are wanting to come and share their experience with others so, uh and then we you know anywhere from from all of that to uh ham radio and even uh, event organizing uh, and yoga, the panels that were submitted by by two my two other owners, you know, that are here with me. So this and this is part of the the multi fandom is not just about furries, but it's about embracing uh, almost kind of an alternative lifestyle of just being you, allowing yourself to be you out there. Oh yeah, and that's actually the reason that we adopted the tagline. Um, we're a multi fandom convention because it's you're not just a furry you know when you come to the furry convention like we know that there are so many other different um fandoms that are here that show up and that re are represented here at our convention so that's exactly kind of why we go by that phrase in particular you know there's anime there's anime people yeah. there there's um like normal like media cosplayers <laughs> as well there's a lot of gamers um, really everything under the sun is kind of what we hope to help represent. Yeah. So it's really about celebrating just the uniqueness of people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually I will show, I will show that I studied, I was listening to the, the last episode of Okie Geek and mm -hmm. I wrote down a quote um, by organizer Matt Kavanaugh, organizer of SoonerCon. Mm -hmm. And he said, nobody believes and loves as hard as a fan. And I just, that stuck with me because it's so true for the furry fandom because these people are fans of their own personal mascot. You know, they're fans of themselves. And I think that's what really sticks out at a furry convention. That's wonderful. And you've got the panels. How, how, tell me about the vendors that you guys will have out there as well. 
Oh, yeah. So we're going to have a dealer's den and an artist alley. So these are two oh, wow. distinct vendor halls that um, the people sign up for throughout the year. Um, so we're, we're implementing distancing measures in both of them. Um, but we still have a pretty a, a list that's pretty chock full. Um, Brett, do you know off the top of your head? of your head how many vendors we have yeah so in our dealers den uh, we have about 24 unique vendors um, who are coming from all parts of the country um, some of them include like um, furry vendors like paw star we have like sari neo chaos we have some authors we have someone who does embroidery like it's it's all sorts of facets of that and then our artist alley um, which primarily deals in just kind of like flat traditional media where artists come in and just draw and kind of stay to that sort of media at their tables. Um, we have about 15 unique artists who are going to be in there. And one of our other uh, co-chairs and owners, uh, Cassidy, um, they actually, um, they couldn't be here. They're, they're a couple of hours behind us. So <laughs> it's a little early, um, but they will be running. They're actually a full-time they're actually a full-time fursuit maker and um, they, they do that. So it's uh, yeah, they, they'll be running as well. And I, I'm really excited. Like, even though we had to cut back on the amount of vendors and everything we could have for the safety of everyone here, um, I, I still think that I, I'm really excited for who we're bringing to the table. And I think that um, anyone, no matter what fandom or what they represent, will be really excited for the wares that they have. And what kind of uh, reaction have you gotten from the community as far as people wanting to show up? How did you do in your first one? And how does that compare to what you think you're going to do next year in two weeks? So especially compared from our first year, we, we blew it out of the water in terms of like what I was expecting for our attendance and whatnot. Um, our first year, we were well over 500 people. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I should right. have been prepared. 607. <laughs> there we go. 607. <laughs> And we, the thing is, is that it's really, and I think Emily touched on this earlier, it's really hard to tell what to expect. Um, in terms of numbers, like pre-registration before the con, we have over 400 people who have pre-registered and who are ready to come to the convention. Um, it's just really good to tell who decides to come to the door um, after the convention, um, for people who are listening, if you're interested in coming to the con, it really helps us to, if you register in advance, which you can do so through our website, <laughs> anthroexpo.net. And then that just kind of helps us keep tab on who to expect, what to expect in our registration hall and whatnot. And, um, honestly, I'm looking forward to at least staying flat with our numbers from our first physical convention. Um, most conventions around the world, um, we, we're in a leadership group that we all kind of communicate and it, conventions that have like 10,000 attendees down to ones like ours that are right around, you know, 500 to 1,000. So we go through all walks in that room. Um, a lot of them have seen kind of some decreases anywhere from like 15, 20% of their attendance. And honestly, the fact that we're looking at potentially staying flat year over year um, compared with our first year is very... It, it, it's very promising to me. It tells me that we're doing something right, that people trust us, that they want to be at our convention. And it helps me know that we're going to continue to grow into the future. So I'm very positive and I look forward to that, that growth continuing. 
and especially when we can have a convention year where nothing crazy is going on. <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So uh, what are the costs for the convention? Yeah, so um, at the door, you can register for a day pass or you can register for the full weekend. Um, if you'd like to show up and come all three days, uh, registration is $60. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, a day pass is 25 35, and you can, sorry. Oh, 35. <laughs> it's 35. That's what I said. And uh, <laughs> they handle the registration, obviously. I'm not an art person. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Even if uh, somebody from from our local area can't attend or, you know, with the numbers whenever they get there, if they don't feel comfortable attending and they still want to support our organization, uh, if they go to the registration page the same way, uh, there's an option to donate there. And that'll just help ensure that we're we're around for the long term. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're all locals to Oklahoma in one form or another. We love this state. We want to stay here. Yeah, and also to, to help out Sissy Youth, it's a wonderful opportunity. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Great. Definitely. So what are the times? We know it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. What are your times on those days? Sure. So on Friday, uh, you can our events will start anywhere from around 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, we have a game room that stays open all day from 9 a.m. till 10 p.m. at night. Um, That way, if people just kind of want to hang around and go hang out, they can go play video games, board top, card games, whatnot. Um, Our schedule is actually available on our website. So people can go to the website, anthroexpo.net, and they can click on schedule. Um, If you sign up for our website, if you make a free account, um, you can actually manage your schedule and star what events you want to go to. And it'll help you kind of develop your own like little personal agenda for the weekend. Um, that way you can kind of see what you want to see and know where you want to be. But, um, Friday we'll have events going on actually until about one, one in the morning. Oh, wow. uh, so it, it's, it's, we have stuff all through the gambit. Um, so you usually you'll, you'll, you'll see us start in the morning and then, yeah, we'll have a, we'll have stuff going on through the evening. So there's never a dull moment. We try to keep our schedule full to where people who can be engaged when they want to be. And Yeah. And we keep enough time so people can go have food, but come back and still have some fun. That's fantastic. What uh, is, uh, where can people find more information about you besides, uh, you got anthroexpo.org. Where can people, or .net, excuse me. Uh, where, where, is that, did I get the right net? Yeah, yeah, yeah dot .net. <laughs> uh, where, where else can people find more information about you? Yes. Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter at anthroexpo. You can find us on Facebook at Anthro Expo. You can also find us on an app called Telegram, um, which is a messaging platform. If you're on Telegram, um, you can go to t.me slash Anthro Expo, and we have an announcements channel there. Um, you can also join our Discord server. Um, links to that, there's a specialized link, so I can't say it right, on, yeah. on the air. Uh, but you can find links to that on any of our other social platforms. We are also on Instagram. You can find us at Anthro Expo. Uh, you can find us anywhere online at Anthro Expo. That's us. That's fantastic. So just uh, as the last kind of thing here, just go around again. What, uh, what, why should people show up? Devin, let's, let's go with you. So, you know, if you want to support, you know, us, us as a local Oklahoma event, if you want to support uh, CISU, 
if you want to to come around and have a a brush with a community that you're a part of or you want to learn more about we're right here in oklahoma city we're downtown you can walk the gardens and come over say hello <laughs> that's wonderful emily um support your local furry convention that's been my personal motto for the last two years um uh if you want to yeah if you want to be exposed with a community that is so open and so accepting and just so friendly regardless of who you are and what you're like um you know consider showing up even if it's just for a day um if you don't even want to come into the hotel we will have a fursuit parade that will run outdoors along um, the block around our hotel that's it's around um i forget what city block it is it's start down reno go down sheridan mm-hmm. uh we go around the oklahoman office i remember because we took our big group picture there in 2020 um but yeah there the community you know when when you show up to an event like this it really speaks for itself and it's an experience that i don't think any of us can fully explain away today um but yeah if you're interested in any in any way it doesn't hurt to come out for a day pass and what time is that parade uh it's on sunday at i see Devin looking at the computer it's a sunday yeah sunday at noon fantastic fantastic uh brad i'll let you finish it out uh why why should people show up on that weekend yeah so uh, and I'll kind of make a, a push for our normie people, so to speak, mm-hmm. but it, it's a great opportunity for the people of Oklahoma City to see the creative side of the folks that don't always get the biggest platforms. Yeah. Um, this is a wonderful opportunity to come out to see some wonderful handmade goods, the talent of our community, the panels that you'll see, the the love and friendship and the, the sort of vibe that you get from these events is second to none. I've been to countless anime, video game, comic expos. And while those are all fun in their own right, there's a sort of home feeling about a furry convention that's really hard to put into tangible words. And I really, I, I really encourage people who want to just come out, meet some great people and have a good time and to help support some really wonderful organizations, plus supporting small business. We are a small business in Oklahoma, and this is a great way to support us and to make sure that that businesses like ours, like these sort of arts and media businesses can flourish into the future. So I really hope that people will consider joining us and we really look forward to this year. It's, it's scary, it's challenging, but We've met challenges before in our past. Um, we've overcame them and we will overcome this and we will be successful. Which is a good reason to come out for community. That's wonderful. Uh, and that's Anthro Expo going on January 21st through the 23rd at the Sheridan downtown Oklahoma City Hotel. Guys, thank you so much for showing up on the Okie Geek podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. So that's going to do it for our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. Would love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can also find us on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. 
Until next time, along with Brett Martin, Emily Hobing, and Devin Austin, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on.